Welcome back, everyone, to the Peanut Gallery. It is episode 15. We are recording this Monday night, October 5th here. The Chiefs just pulled off a kind of a squeaker of a win. They they pulled away at the, the end of the game there. But um, so that was, a, that was a nice win. And the Packers right now, as far as I checked, are up 7-3 to three on the Falcons, who are playing on ESPN right now. So we will keep tabs on that game. Jared, how you doing? And uh, I figure, why don't you just segue right into your thoughts on the Chiefs-Patriots game? Yeah, doing good. Um, I think there was a lot of calls that game that went the Chiefs' way. Um, you know, there was the fumble by Mahomes that was called uh, that he was down. There, there were just a lot of penalties and and just overall, I thought the Chiefs got a lot of calls that went their way. And on top of that, it wasn't really an offensive victory for the Chiefs, which which is kind of rare. Um, it was more something that Bill Belichick couldn't scheme against. It was, our, I think, the Chiefs' defense that won that game. Um, you know, obviously there was the pick six that helped. Um, and just, you know, it's it's not hard when you're going up against backup quarterbacks. I think if Cam Newton was in that game, it would have been gone a lot different. Um, but that being said, they, you know, they pulled off a great victory against a tough Patriots team. Um, and I think the game was a lot closer than the score said it was at the end of the day. So that, that's my take. I'm not too happy about it. I'm not too thrilled. I would have liked to see the offense um, do a lot better against that, that Patriots D, uh, which is good. You know, Bill Belichick's always hard to, to scheme against and it was basically a chess match and it's I, I love watching games like that might not be high scoring but um, altogether it was it was a good game to watch yeah yeah we the Chiefs were not firing on all cylinders first half or throughout the game to be honest Pat Mahomes got very lucky in my opinion on two throws specifically there was one early in the game that McCordy should have picked off uh, I don't know if that was just you know, the incorrect route was was ran or just confusion from on Pat's side on the coverage. And then there was another one, uh, I want to say this was early in the third quarter that he threw in the triple coverage uh, with Tyree Kill. And I can't remember the other wide receiver who was in the area, but it's like, what are, what are you looking at, Pat? Like, Mullins um, had a bad game. And no, the he did. Stats, the stats won't show that necessarily, no, they but will he not. had a bad game. He, he, yeah, he, got he did very not. Lucky. Yeah, did not play well, should have thrown two interceptions. Um, heck, you could even count it as three or a fumble, right? Because that play you were you were specifically talking about where the refs, one didn't even explain it after the break either, which I thought was weird. Um, but then, yeah, basically it was either a fumble and they recovered it or e- either way the guy, Pat, like kind of like threw it right and it didn't touch the ground. And then the Patriots player like caught it. So it's either, you know, it should have been three interceptions for Pat or three overall turnovers either way. But, yeah, Chiefs didn't look great offensively. Ended up squeaking out the win. Tyron Matthew had a pick six due to Edelman looking to run before he got the ball. Uh, so that was out. <coughs> Excuse me. That was, that was nice for the Chiefs defense. Really stepped up, played well. Wasn't too difficult against the likes of Brian Hoyer or Jared Stidham. I thought Stidham – 
outside of that interception at the end there. Um, and really at that point, right, he's trying to put points on the board. So you're, you're forcing throws that maybe you normally wouldn't, wouldn't go uh, in, a, in a regular game early in the first quarter. I thought he didn't look terrible, but um, we'll have to see what they look like next week. I don't know if Cam's going to be able to play due to COVID. Not sure what that protocol looks like and how often he has to test negative. I also don't fully understand the health implications around, you know, can he pass it a week from now if he's still testing negative. So obviously they'll understand what that looks like and figure it out. But if it is Hoyer and um, or Stidham who has to go again, luckily the Patriots are facing the Broncos next week who are also having QB troubles themselves. So let's go to all the way back to Thursday, Jared. And let's talk about those Broncos who ended up playing the Jets in what was a lot higher scoring game than we predicted. I think we both, if I remember right, had a Broncos 17-13 victory. Now, we, we were right about the Broncos winning, but very wrong on the score. The score was Broncos won 37-28. Jared, what did you think about this game? Well, we had the score right if the if there was no fourth quarter. <laughs> um, the the this should have been the Jets game. They went up twenty eight to twenty seven uh, late in the fourth, and they had some costly mistakes that Denver took advantage of, and that's kind of how Denver pulled away with um, a final score that didn't really represent how close that game was. So. I would have liked to see, um, you know, the, this is probably the one chance the Jets had to get a win this season. I think they might honestly go 0-16 after that loss. Uh, and then for the Broncos, they were also um, 0-3 to start that game. Um, and I just – I really think the tougher team pulled it off and and took advantage. I'm trying to remember, uh, it was a late turnover in the game, right? There was, yeah, there was. And that kind of gave the, the Denver the seal. It, yep, it did, yeah. Honestly, kind of, this game was pretty even to what you were talking about, and honestly, the Jets um, outplayed them. The Jets won the turnover battle by three. So they did, um, I know the Falcons had a 29-point or 19-point lead. Might even been 29. I'm, I'm forgetting now against the Cowboys in week two. But then they also won the turnover battle by four. Uh, yeah, situation here again. Just win the turnover battle by three. You'd think you'd win the game. But the problem was they couldn't convert any of those turnovers in the points. They were 0 for 3 in the red zone. And the red zone means, for those that don't know, that means you're within the 20-yard line uh, of the opposition. And they were not able to capitalize on scoring touchdowns. And that's just – that's not going to get it done. Um, another – key thing that stood out to me was and didn't see too many of them but I'm sure there were costly penalties because the Jets had over 120 yards worth of penalties so I'm sure with inside that game and, and I probably just missed it there were a few you know PI calls or holding holding calls wherever all over the place sprinkled that probably cost them um, some ability to score some more points as well but yeah cheers to the Broncos uh Drew Locke still not back. He won't be back for another three to four weeks, so they're going to have to keep going with Brett uh, Ripon. 
and we'll see what they can do because next week they have a tough challenge uh, against the Patriots. But luckily, as we just talked about, they probably won't have Cam Newton. Now, Jerry, let's go to the noon games that were played. Let's start with the Colts and the Bears. Colts ended up winning this game 19-11. to um, They won the turnover battle. Honestly, watching this game, the Bears' offense looked just dreadful, um, specifically their running game. I know Tariq Cohen, and this happened last week, he tore his ACL or MCL, so he's out for the full year. So that obviously hurt their production because they only had 28 total rushing yards. And that's not going to win you a lot of games. A trend this week, obviously not in the game we just saw with the Patriots because the Patriots had over 180 rushing yards and weren't able to win due to turnovers on their side. But if you only rush the ball for 28 yards, you're not going to win, win many games. Um, another key factor was their third down efficiency was dreadful. They went four for 14, which isn't going to cut it. And then overall, one thing, Brian touched on it last week when we talked, but this Colts defense, they're looking tough. I know the competition hasn't been amazing. Um, you know, I wouldn't put the Bears in the upper half of offenses this year, but still, you know, last week, I think the previous two weeks combined, they uh, only allowed somewhere between 15 to 17 points and then only allowing 11 here. That's three straight weeks in a row of, of playing stout defense. Jared, what did you think about that game? Yeah, I think it, you know, two of some of the best defenses in the league going up against each other, and it almost was more of a soccer game than a football game because I think there was like five field goals that were kicked. Um, but low scoring, and the Colts pulled off the victory. Not much to say here. I thought the Bears would take that one, um, but here are the Colts, you know, in second place in their division um, just behind – um, the Tennessee tit- Titans, the Titans play. who didn't get a play this week, and the Titans nope. could have easily handed a you know gotten a loss over the Steelers if if that game were to play. So, you know, I Colts aren't looking too bad. Um, no, you predict- didn't you have them winning? Right? Is that I had them tying the Titans? I uh, you know as record wise in that division, and I think I had them squeaking out um, due to beating the Titans. Uh, in tennis or twice you know both games both matchups okay. gotcha that's what i thought i wanted to make sure if my memory is accurate there um let's move to your cardinals man and nine and seven oh, for ahead. that record just fyi it's not like i th- i thought the colts and the titans are gonna blow everybody out of the water right um i just thought that that division's kind of gonna be like not as bad but like the nfc east where um, just all the teams are going to have mediocre records. Yeah. Now let's uh, let's move to your Arizona Cardinals, man. They played the Panthers. All they lost thirty-one twenty-one. I'll I'll give you first step here. See that coming? Um, man, did the Cardinals offense just look out of sorts? I mean, there was times where Kyler had some you know he had like a flashy 40 yard run and he had like one pass I think I saw all game that was wow on the money and and like 40 yards in the air Uh, but other than that it was a struggle it was watching the Cardinals come on the field and you know right away first down second down third down can't convert punt um, you know, just a bunch of three and outs, or uh, maybe they get a couple first downs and just couldn't get a, a drive going. 
And so they would have to uh, punt the ball over and the Panthers, you know, they, they had a lot of third downs, but they were converting them and uh, they just looked like the better team and they didn't even have, you know, Christian McCaffrey playing. So I think the Panthers could be one of the NFL's most underrated team. Um, Bridgewater had a decent game. He had some throws where he's just throwing bullets on these slants. Um, so I really liked what I saw out of him because I, I did watch that game closely um, from beginning to end. Uh, and I, like I said, I, di- I didn't see it coming. Yeah, I, I like you, also predicted the Cardinals the win, along with uh, there was another teaser we were both on together that, uh, you know, unfortunately for us didn't, didn't, didn't pan out, but that's okay. I lost uh, my teaser by half a point. <laughs> yep, I was, I was right there with you because I got them at nine and a half too. Yeah, that's um, unfortunate. Yeah, everything you touched on was dead on. The only other thing that, that stood out to me, and, and this is huge, the Panthers have the ball for 37 minutes, like literally 37 of the 60 minutes. So basically two thirds of the game Panthers have the ball. And that's just really tough, even for a good offense, which I think the Cardinals are um, when you don't have the ball, you know, near that 30 minute mark, it's just hard to get a rhythm. And you said it, they looked out of sync. They looked out of rhythm. And yeah, but th- the Panthers had the ball for 37 minutes because every drive the Cardinals had ended in a punt. Right. That, that's not true. I'm being overly, you know, uh, I'm exaggerating quite a bit, but it really, they punted so much that game. Right. No, I agree. It was, it was a give and take, right? The Panthers defense played really well. And then also the offense held on to the ball and was con 33rd down therefore not giving the ball back to Kyler Murray. Um, so I think Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals need to go back to the drawing board a little bit here, um, kind of assess what they did well in weeks one and two versus weeks three and four where it wasn't so hot and come out week uh, week five firing on all cylinders, hopefully. Yeah, and just to back my statement up, they had th- their first three drives ended in punts. Uh, and then they had five total punts just in the first half. <laughs> So, Woof. you know, you're not going to you're not going to be able to hold on to the ball for long periods of time, you know, that's that's why you're saying that the Panthers had 37 minutes of ball ball time. It's you're not going to win games um when you when you can't hold on to the ball. Yep, 100%. Um now let's go on. I don't think we'll talk too much about this game, but let's discuss a little the Baltimore Ravens bounce back game playing the Washington football team. Not too many other teams you'd uh, you know, want to go up against next for a bounce back, right? Like you're, you know, Giants, Jets, uh, basically you're going to get the W, right? So Ravens won this game pretty convincingly. I watched a fair amount of it. It was never really close. The Ravens won 31-17. Um, and they went back to their bread and butter of rushing the ball. Uh, they had over 140 rushing yards. Washington, to me, the, the storyline is when is Haskins, is Haskins going to be the starter week five? Something else that I heard during the game was apparently, and I looked at their depth chart, Kyle Allen, the guy who used to be the Panthers quarterback, right, before Teddy Bridgewater just came there. Um, yep. He is the number two, which that tells me. And right. I, I know we talked about a little Alex Smith's whole storyline of, oh, my God, like he had like 19 surgeries. He came back. The fact he can walk is a miracle. But clearly if Alex Smith isn't the backup to Haskins, that means he's not healthy still. Uh, 
which is unfortunate because if Alex was healthy, this team would be a lot more competitive with him at quarterback over Haskins or Kyle Allen. Right. I'd agree with that. Um, I, I thought Kyle Allen would see some time this year. Um, and I think we're getting to that point, maybe not next game, but if they put up another atrocious, um, you know, 17 points, 13 points, something like that, just where they're only getting one or two touchdowns um, and getting dominated by the other team, we're going to see Kyle Allen. I don't think Alex Smith is healthy enough yet. It's been a week or two since I've looked at his status, um, but I'm not sure he's going to be healthy enough to play this year, um, which I hope is not the case. I'm rooting for him to get back out there and and play because he obviously is the better quarterback out of the three. Um, Haskins might get better over the years. Allen might get better over the years, but if you were to put all three of them out there healthy, Smith is definitely someone who can win you some games. 100%. 100%. Now, let's go into so we got some more fun the more fun games to discuss. And I definitely want to hear you. We were me you and Brian were busy chatting away when this game was going on. The Cleveland Browns upset the Dallas Cowboys. Um in a very high scoring affair. I I thought my prediction was high scoring with I thought the Cowboys obviously would win 30 to 27. The Browns won 49 to 38. Um, Jared, I'll, I'll let you take it away. What were your thoughts on this game? Browns look good. Uh, it looks like they're just having fun out there. You know, they were getting creative with the, uh, handoff to OBJ where he ended up, uh, I thought he was going to throw the ball and he ended up taking off and running for a 40 yard touchdown. Um, but there was, they were, they looked calm, relaxed, had fun. Chubb went down the first quarter, which hurt my fantasy team's hopes, but, uh, um, Kareem Hunt t- took over and it, they'd even miss a beat. And I think Chubb is one of those elite running backs. Um, but the Browns offense all day did not look phased by that. Obviously they almost put up 50 points. So um, it was a high scoring game, but from the Cowboys standpoint, I want to talk about Dak a little bit. Um, yeah, sure. You can say Dak Prescott threw for 500 yards in the air um, he had X amount of touchdowns. He, his stats were so good, and they still lost. No, that's, that's, that's wrong. If you think that way, you are wrong. What Dak did was pad his stats when they were down by 30-plus points. It's called garbage time, and Dak is the king at garbage time football. So what, what Dak did was not – impressive um you know if he came back and won the game that would be impressive but what he did was play um 10 yard to 15 yard passes uh while the defense is playing prevent because they're up by 30 points um and then when they would get close to the end zone sure he did make a couple of those touchdowns late in the fourth quarter um, but that last drive, they're close to the end zone, and it was an interception. What happened there was that prevent defense that was giving up 20 yards or playing 20 yards back and allowing anything between the 10 and 15-yard range um, go through. Once they get backed up to the end zone, there's no they can't be 20 yards away from Dak. And so what happened was the, def- the Cleveland Browns defense ended up playing a little bit shorter when, they're, when they were in the red zone. 
um, which ended up in that interception and late in the game and ruining the Cowboys' chance of uh, any sort of win. I don't think you count the Cowboys out just yet. No, that it is too terrible to count them out. Exactly. They're, they have the same amount of wins as the division leader. So it's, it's going to be a long season. That is gonna, <laughs> right. It's going to be a long season. Uh, but, man, that, and I, if you're going to point fingers, I would start pointing fingers at that defense because it looked atrocious. Yeah, that's, that's honestly exactly where I was heading, Jared. Um, down – how do you give up 300 yards rushing? I don't understand how you do it. Like you are NFL paid players. Like have a little bit of pride. Just, just, a, just an inch of it. Just an inch of pride. I mean, who's the D end? Uh, it's God. What's his last name's Lawrence. I always blank on his first name. The one that had like the $95 million contract defensive end that that signed for the Cowboys. Like, what have you been doing? You don't even have a sack yet either through four games. Like you've been pathetic. DeMarcus. Uh, yeah, DeMarcus. <clears throat> thank you. That's unbelievable to me. The defensive coordinator, and when I, to me, when you give up over 300 yards, number one, it's pride. Number two, I, it doesn't seem like the players – obviously, this game was bad. Giving up 49 points and especially 300 yards rushing is absolutely dreadful. But they gave up 39 to the Falcons points – um last week they i'm blanking on who uh who they played last week brain is brain is who who the who the browns played uh who the cowboys cowboys played the cowboys played seahawks seahawks Seahawks. gave up 37 right they lost yeah they lost 37 30 thank you 38 38 31 yeah same point yeah right it's like way too many points 39 38 40 um, 49 week yeah. one, I know was only like 20, um, to the Rams, but like that is unacceptable to be giving up that many points week in and week out. I don't care that most of the money and the assets and talent on this team is on the offensive side of the ball. You shouldn't be that bad. And this is where I think the players clearly don't believe in the scheme and the defense coordinator for the Cowboys. So I don't know if they need to make a change there already. Um, I don't know if they need to have a heart to heart, but something needs to happen on that side of the ball. And also as well, another thing that happened here as long as well as the Browns dominating the rushing game, Dak threw a pick. I know that was at the end of the game, but he fumbled as well early. Uh, Zeke fumbled early. Both those fumbles turned into the touchdowns for the Browns. So that's a 14-point swing right there. Um, and to your point, I'm, I'm glad you hammered it because, honestly, I've been banging this drum for quite a while. Dak, you said it perfectly, Dak is the king of putting up stats in trash time. That's why he's such a great fantasy quarterback. He's not a good quarterback when it comes to winning games against teams that have winning records. But hot damn, will that guy throw – for, you know, 300, 400, almost 500 yards, throw for three touchdowns, only have, you know, one interception, and it's going to look great on the fantasy stat sheet, but where are the wins? The Cowboys are 1-3, and three, and they could easily be 0-4. So they need to figure some things out. I personally think they need to run the ball more at the beginning of the games with Zeke and get out ahead for once, so that way their defense could finally maybe pin their ears back and put pressure on the offense of the other side of the ball instead of constantly – 
they're the ones always letting up the points and then the offense is having to come back. So they need to flip that script a little bit, in my opinion. But yeah, to your point, the Cowboys aren't really out of this. I still don't think they win the division because I'm not going to back down off my Eagles Eagles bandwagon, although it's it's not looking hot, even though they are in first place. But yeah, whoever wins this division, I think it's knocked out first round of the playoffs anyway. I'd be shocked if they won based on what we've seen 25% through the season so far. Yeah, right now, if you took the four worst teams in the NFL and put them in a division, you'd have the NFC East. <laughs> All right, we've we've trashed on uh, the Cowboys enough. And cheer, cheers to the Brown. I think I can't remember. I definitely had them making the playoffs, just barely as a seventh seed. And I think if you didn't have them, you were close. You had them at like an eight and eight, possibly nine seven record, and they looked to yeah, be on that way. Eight and eight. You're right. So cheers to Kevin Stefanski because that offense is looking amazing. I think they're going to continue pounding the ball. And the key there is doing what they're doing and then not allowing Baker to throw 30 passes a game because that's when he makes bad decisions and turns the ball over and you shoot yourself in the foot. Now let's go to another quarterback in the same state who was able to get his first win this week. Cheers. Congrats, Joe Burrow. The Cincinnati Bengals got a victory. They won 33-25. to The turnover battle was even. They... Bengals ended up beating the team I thought would only get one win this year, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Bengals, you'll see the theme as the Browns dominated the rushing attack. The Bengals did the same thing here. They rushed for over 200 total yards. Joe Mixon was balling out there. I want to say he himself had over 200 total yards between receiving and rushing. He looked fantastic. Joe Burrow was still looking good, completed 25 of 36 passes, over 300 yards, while throwing only one pick. Um, in my opinion here, the Jags really missed their window to get another victory. Uh, I do – mainly I just want to be right because I think it would be fun to predict them go 1-15 from the get-go. Um, but, yeah, Minshew and, the, and that team, they got a great week one victory but haven't looked like the same team since. Jared, what did you think of this game? So I – in my prediction, I said that if Minshew has the better game, the Jags win. And Minshew did have the better game. Um, he threw for 351 yards, uh, two touchdowns, one interception, uh, going 27-40. And, and that was better than Burrow's stats. But I forgot about Joe Mixon. And Joe Mixon had one of the best games of the season, easily for him so far. And if not, one of the best games of his career with 151 yards and two touchdowns, like you mentioned. So it was still um, a close game, but Cincinnati, they got the win at the end of the day. Congrats. I consider that game the toilet bowl. Not, <laughs> I don't want to spend too much time analyzing it. So, um, That's fair. Let's move on. Let's go talk about uh, that first place Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. They uh, – beat the chargers in a close game i think most people thought this would i mean i predicted they'd win by more than seven and a half unfortunately that was not the case uh the bucks won 38 to 31 jared what were your thoughts about this game so the chargers had this game in the bag um at the end of the first half and unfortunately they pissed off brady a little bit and when brady gets pissed off he likes to come in guns blazing that second half and especially fourth quarter and light it up and that's exactly what he did. 
So it was the first time I thought all year that we've seen um, the true old form of Tom Brady. I'm talking like Tom Brady in his prime at the Patriots. So I was really impressed. I was impressed with some of the throws he was making. He was able to, um, against that Chargers team, especially in the second half, he had quite a bit of time in the pocket uh, compared to when the Chiefs played the Chargers um, with Mahomes. And I think one of those reasons is because Melvin Ingram was out, who was usually on the defensive end. Um, and, and Bosa compliments him well, because they're playing on, you know, deep, they're both DNs on each side. And so when you take away one of those guys, you can start double teaming the other. And so they were double teaming Bosa from the get go in the second half. I think that Chargers D just got a little tired and when you give Tom Brady one extra second, two extra seconds in the pocket, he's going to make some magic happen, and that's what he did. So they scored 24 points in the second half, um, and Brady put up five touchdowns, and each one of those was to a different receiver. So he's given the whole team love. It's great to see. Um, I'm happy for him. And in the end, L.A. put up, you know, it was a close game. It's a very close game, and and they could have won it, but it's going to be hard to beat a fourth quarter Brady. Yeah, you know Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. He looked great. He was. You talked about that that deep ball looking good. It looked fantastic. He was actually six of seven for throws for more than twenty yards. Um, so yeah, he was looking great. I'm not sure if you caught that one specifically, where it's a 50 yard, 55 yard bomb to Scotty Scotty uh, Miller. That was a oh thing. I did oh that was a thing was, of beauty. It was beauty. Oh yep. man, I was just like, okay, you know, we want to talk about the old geezers. Tom Brady right now looks way better than Drew Brees throwing the long ball. Um, obviously, I would agree. Brady's obviously not in his prime. He's not 2012 Tom Brady, but he can still sling it. And he looked great. Five TDs, only one interception. That interception was a pick six. Um, you know, if I had to give blame there, I'd probably put 40% of it on Brady and then not really blame, but 60% on the corner just made a hell of a play. Because unlike this pass that got um, was thrown for a pick six, he threw this one on the outside uh, towards the sideline versus, if you remember, week one against the Saints, that was just terrible. Like, it was nowhere near where it should be the only wide receiver catching it. Like, that was inside. It was a terrible pass. It was all, all on Brady. Um, so that was good to see that, you know, although it was a mistake, at least threw it in the correct area where you're supposed to. Um, the Bucks D, giving up 31. Um, I mean, I guess technically only 24 since seven of those points were because of Brady. Um n- little worrisome, especially against a rookie quarterback who's only in his third game, which impresses like that, that to me, Justin Herbert, I think the Chargers have their quarterback. I don't want to hop on too early. Uh, I'd like to see a couple more games. I've seen all Joe Burrow's games and I've watched them. Um, And so I can see he's always looking down the field um, and just doing those things that you like to see veteran quarterbacks complete. I need to look at tape a little more, Justin Herbert, but that game, he looked fantastic. His deep ball is incredible. He had two throws of 50 plus yards that were just on a dime and were amazing. 
Um, and he's got this Chargers team believing, although they're not winning, they look a lot better in my opinion than when in week one, when Tyra Taylor was playing. Now the coach is saying that when Tyra comes back, he will get a starting job back. I personally disagree with that train of thought. I think the players are behind Herbert. They love what he's doing. They're putting a lot more points on the board. Um, so cheers, Chargers fans, at least for now. We'll, we'll see. There's plenty of games left. You guys might have found your franchise quarterback, and that's step one. That's step one right there. Now, Jared, let's go to the next game where you spot on, and there was a firing today. The Houston Texans lost to the Minnesota Vikings this weekend. Not surprised. You predicted it. I thought this would be the game where they'd finally get over the hump. I was incorrect. The Vikings won 31-23, and uh, Bill O'Brien was fired. So, Jared, I'll, I'll give this to you. You can analyze the game and maybe talk a little bit about uh, if you think it was the right call to fire Bill O'Brien. I can uh, soak in my glory of calling this from the beginning of the season. So, at the beginning of the season, I said, or before the season started, Texans are going to go 0-4 because of how tough their schedule is um, with these first four games. And we saw them lose to the Chiefs. We saw them lose to the Ravens, the Vikings now. And, you know, let's go school nation. Got that first win. Um, the Texans now uh, have a 6.25% chance to make the playoffs, which I have them missing. Dan, I think you have them. I winning them winning the, the AFC South, so uh, that's not looking great. <laughs> oh, it's it's it's, going, it's looking bleak. It's going so downhill so fast, and let me tell you why. Bill O'Brien's gone, which I think is the right move, but they should have done that um, maybe after this season because right now you're going to have a guy who was the GM, the head coach, and then try to take on the offensive coordinator role there at the end saying, I'm going to start calling the plays because these guys don't know what they're doing. I'm going to, you know, he's trying to do everything. And when someone spreads themselves out that thin, um, especially in the NFL front office, you're not going to win. There's just way too much, you know, notes, film, things to do uh, for someone to manage all three of those positions. Um, there's only one person I think in the league that can do that. And that's Bill Belichick. And he's on the defensive side of the ball. So he's not calling offensive plays. Um, anyways, I think it's the right move to fire Bill O'Brien. I don't know if I would have done it um, this, this early, but he made some crazy moves this off season and you, know, they started off on four. So I, I understand. Um, I understand why they did that. The, uh, you know, I, I have the Titans and Colts dueling it out for number one, the AFC South. Uh, so right now in the AFC, just while I'm basking in my glory, I am correct. Bask away, my friend. Bask away. <laughs> I'm correct mostly because uh, I think the Titans and Colts are going to battle it out. Uh, I have Buffalo winning the AFC North, which they look good there. Um, then the Ravens I have, which I still think that looks really good. Um, the Steelers are currently leading that division, but they didn't play this week. Um, and they would have had to play a tough Titans team. So uh, I'm still happy with my AFC predictions. NFC is a different story. I'm not even going to get there, but <laughs> Vikings needed to start winning, and it happened this game. Uh, Dalvin Cook had a pretty good game. I think he had a pair of touchdowns. Uh, so 
once again, we had two 0-3 teams battling it out, just like the Broncos and the Jets did yep. on Thursday night. And I don't think either of these teams deserve to be 0-3. So definitely not 0-4. But here we are, week four. I called it. Texans are 0-4. What's, what's your shot or take on that, Dan? Well, you know, I obviously predicted them to win the AFC South. I'm going to need a Christmas miracle for that to happen. I need Santa Claus to come down, maybe, uh, you know, get uh, Ryan Tannehill's ACL torn. Then I need Phil Rivers' ACL torn. I need a couple of ACL tears of the main QBs um, for for my, my prediction to have a chance. Oh, how dare you? I'm not wishing <laughs> that upon anyone. I'm just like, that's what would have to happen in order for the Texans to somehow come back and, and win this division. Um, I am happy for Deshaun Watson because I, I think you will remember when that Hopkins and we both destroyed the Hopkins trade that Bill O'Brien did. I said that Deshaun Watson should like pull up LeBron James and use his power as the most powerful player in that franchise to get Bill O'Brien fired because he's making terrible decisions from a GM perspective. But that's not how he got fired. Correct. Well, I'm sure that had, Something, yeah. Deshaun Watson obviously didn't walk into the owner's office. And There's no like Deshaun that didn't happen. I'm not Deshaun... saying that. I'm not saying that's what happened. Okay. I'm saying it should have happened. The player empowerment. Well, not that. I'm saying that Bill Branch should got fired. I obviously oh, okay. just said Deshaun Watson should have like done it. He didn't. It clearly was the owner just being like, but the owner took everything the account we've talked about. Terrible trades right? Bad decision-making at that level, bad contracts outside of Deshaun Watson, like all those things we talked about as to why I thought Deshaun Watson should request for him to be fired were the reasons. And I'm sure there's some others sprinkled in there as to why he was fired. Um, Unfortunately, you're right, Jared, like the schedule, I should have paid more attention to that. When you play the Ravens and Chiefs, who are the best two teams in the NFL last year, one, two, really hard to go two and oh or you start any record outside of Owen two, but then you lose to the Steelers, you lose to the Vikings. Uh, I read some, some Texans chatter that he is, you know, he's not the nicest human being to work with in the world. He's a little prickly. Um, they, they say, so he would just rub people the wrong way. think he's the smartest man in the room. And when you do that and you're not, you know, winning Super Bowls, uh, you don't get as much leeway in life. That's kind of how it works. So I think, Terrible decision-making at the GM level and not getting along with your superiors was the ultimate reason for, for him getting let go here. And, and I think this is great for Deshaun Watson. The early rumblings, and obviously there's plenty of season left, is that the Texans will look hard at the Chiefs offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy right now, which would be a great fit for, for both. And I think he'd, Eric would truly be able to unlock Deshaun Watson's talent. But, yeah, about the game, cheers to the Vikings. Dalvin Cook dominated. Uh, he had over 160 total yards, played great. Congrats on getting that first win, um, and we'll see where the Vikings can go from there. Okay, how about the uh, Saints and Lions? Yeah, Saints, the Saints won. They covered the spread. Another high-scoring affair on our hands here. Saints won 35-29. Um, you're, you're seeing the theme we've talked about rushing and, and a lot of teams who won due to their rushing attack, the Bengals, the Vikings, the Browns, Saints, same thing here. 
They rushed for over 160 yards. They limited Drew Brees, which I think was an intelligent move based on what we've seen so far, Jared. The more he throws the ball, the more likely he's going to make a mistake due to his inability to really put zip behind the ball um, compared to previous seasons where, you know, I think he, I think he is truly showing his age. Um, I also believe the, the lions are probably next in line for firing their head coach. Matt Patricia has had plenty of leg room to get things turned around, quote unquote. And, and it's funny. I remember when they fired, um, I'm blanking, blanking on the, the previous Lions uh, head coach name, but he went nine and seven back to back years. And the owner was like, we need to win this division. Like we can't keep going nine and seven, right? Which is understandable. You want to be going upward. Uh, so he fires them, brings in another Bill Belichick pupil, which none of these guys have panned out um, unless my memory is incorrect there. And they've gotten worse. They've gone down. <laughs> Um, and it's back-to-back weeks too now, Jared, where they've, they have ran out to a 14-0 lead and then lost the game. They did it against the Packers, and then now they just did it against the Saints. And what makes it worse here is 14-0 start the game, right? And first quarter, awesome. And then 35 straight points by the, by the Saints. Yeah, five, like, five straight touchdowns. Oh, my God, unanswered. man. Just unbelievable. So that's, those are my thoughts. I think you're on the money uh, on all these takes. I want to disagree so we can start arguing and make this uh, get a little heated. But Drew Brees, you know, 246 yards, something like that. Um, He has only one game where he surpassed 300 yards. So I'm right there with you. He's looking old and withered, unfortunately. That's not the Brees I want to see. I want to see these high-scoring offensive games um, where they're throwing the ball through the air, like the, you know, three or four years ago with the Rogers, Breeze, Brady's, um, et cetera. So it, it, and I did kind of predict this. Um, I said that the lions would keep this game somewhat close at the end through a garbage time TD. And they did have, you know, the, the saints went with that 35 point touchdown frenzy um, from the second and third quarter and then the fourth quarter came, and, and the Lions got uh, – they actually got one at the end of the third, too. But they scored 14 points in what I would consider um, garbage time because they were just down by so much that the defense is not going to play um, aggressively or as aggressively as they would if they were down or, or it was a close game. So other than that, you, you nailed all the points. I agree. Fire Matt Patricia. It's time. Get him out of there, man. It's, it's- – oh, I really – I don't know if it's his face or what. Maybe the, pen- <laughs> the pencil in the ear. Or, I hate just something that. about that I guy. I hate the pencil in the ear thing. Like, dude, what? Why? Just why is that a thing? And why are you, are you like that? going home to teach your kids math afterwards? <laughs> Little calculus too, or something? Like, what's what's happening here, buddy? Yeah, um, the, the football. There's no derivatives in football. Put the pencil down. God, it's and you know, we want to talk about fan bases that have suffered long enough. Detroit's up there, man. I mean, I can't. The last time the Pistons were kind of relevant, I know they upset the Lakers. Are oh, you talking like as a city as a Just whole? Just as a city, too. Yeah, like as a whole. I know they won the title. They upset the Lakers in like 04, um, basketball related. Football, though, they've never been relevant since Barry Sanders left. And then 
baseball wise, they've been kind of like hit or miss. Like, but as a city, you know, they just have suffered, especially the Lions. The Lions in particular have been bad. They haven't won a Super Bowl. Hire the right guy. Take your time. Take your time. Get the right guy. Someone who's not a Bill Belichick pupil. Hire the right guy, please. Fresh start. Yeah. And not to mention another person we should feel bad for here. You know, pour one out for him. Matt Stafford. Oh, for his his career has been pissed down the drain in that franchise. But Lion fans, we feel for you. We hope you guys eventually, you know, get the right coach, go back on the right trend, and and hopefully maybe uh, resurrect Matt Stafford's career and and maybe make it to the playoffs before he has to retire or, you know, worse, can't play anymore because he keeps getting sacked all the time. All right, let's go to a quarterback who in team that is amazing. The Seattle Seahawks won, beat the Miami Dolphins. The Seahawks won the turnover battle, just barely, plus one there. Um, they won this game 31 to 23. So they covered the spread. The spread was seven points. Um, I looked at this game, Jared, and I couldn't really find anything that stood out as to why the Seahawks won over the dolphins. Like there wasn't, you know, egregious turnovers. I know the Seahawks won plus one, but that's not enough to really kind of make it a huge difference maker. Um, they weren't a lot of penalties, they both ran the ball okay. To me, this really just came down to the fact that the Seahawks have the MVP right now and Russell Wilson and Miami doesn't. Well, they, you're, you're right, but they also just kind of controlled the game. I, I, I think, you know, the Seahawks just were able to turn those drives into touchdowns and, and take their time with the ball. Um, and that limited the Dolphins' chance at um, – you know, making, making some big plays. And the, you, if you look at the, the stats at the end of the game, they're actually pretty close. Like the amount of first downs, the total yards are all neck and neck. Um, but the Seahawks just had, you know, what, what was it? Eight more points to yeah. win. Yep. So, which is basically an extra touchdown. Um, and watching that game, it moved, it was almost like slow motion, um, kind of just a, a slow and steady game that ended up, you know, 30 points is decent. It was just like one touchdown a quarter kind of thing. Um, and the Seahawks were consistent and that's where I, I think they won that game just based off of consistency yep. and, and Russell Wilson. He helps too. He's not bad. Another game I think we don't need to touch too much on, uh, Jared. The We both got this game right, obviously. The Rams played the Giants. Um, what what did you think of this one? <laughs> hey, I did co- call the uh, Giants covering the spread. You did. I was wrong. Yes, I did. <laughs> I, I, was, I was dead wrong. I thought they would cover. Um, did you see the brawl? I, I caught a little bit of the brawl. I can't say I'm shocked that Jalen Ramsey was involved. I was going to say, uh, guess who threw the first punch? Jalen, I, I saw that he threw the first punch, and that was – he's like that classic uh, guy who tackles the wide receiver and gets called for P.I. and is like, what happened? Like, puts exactly. his hands up. And la- that was like Jalen Ramsey. He throws the first punch and then, like, backs up. Just like, what? What I do? <laughs> when I would go to the Chiefs games, uh, we went one year when we played the Jaguars, and I just made sure to – 
let Ramsey hear my voice because he was one of my most disliked players because he is very good. He's one of the best cornerbacks in the league, no doubt. And I got respect for his talent. But, man, is he just classless on and off the field. Um, so that's where I lose a lot of respect for him. Uh, and then you see these brawls where he's throwing the first punch and causing drama that just doesn't need to be happening. It wastes everybody's time, and it looks like it makes the NFL look like trash. Um, but <laughs> I'm just not surprised he, he was the one to do it. Um, Rams, you know, they got to win. But it it wasn't a dominating win that they should have had. I think I I, I think we have a question here, uh, and we're at a turning point in the season, four weeks in now. Are the Rams for real? And right now, I don't think so. I think they're better than they were last year, but I still think, and this is my bold prediction of the week. I think the Rams are going to finish last in their division in the um, NFC West. And the, the reason being is because they, they've kind of had a soft schedule going up to this point. Right. And things are looking ahead in their schedule. Things are going to get real tough real quick. Um, and the teams that they're about to play. And I think their early three and one record is going to get lopsided here in the next six I mean, weeks. they've beaten up on the NFC East. All their wins are from NFC East teams. The Cowboys week one, Eagles week two, and then the Giants just now. Congrats. That deserves a golf clap. And then- right. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? They're about to go four and one because they play Washington next week. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. But then, like, to your point, what you were just talking about, like, then it's like, okay, you play the 49ers. Like, dude, their second half of the season is rough. Seahawks, Bucks, 49ers, Cardinals, Patriots. They get a, a softy in there with the Jets, but then their last few games, Seahawks, Cardinals. Like, it's – we're really going to find out second half of the year if, if this team's for real. So, for your Ram fans out there, enjoy it while it lasts. I think this is going to be a short-lived um, winning record. And you, you're probably right, Dan. Though, you, know, you never know. I might flip-flop and choose Washington to win that game once I look at it closely. Ooh. Never know, but uh, but <laughs> I just you well before. But my my big prediction for now is that the Los Angeles Rams are going to finish last in the NFC West. All right, I'll be. I think I think you had them finishing last. I think starting the year, but with like a decent I record. I think like eight and eight or something. Whereas I had them like way down there, like six and ten. Um, yep. and I still think it might be around that. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying like four weeks in, everyone overreacts and right. everyone sees a three and one Rams team and they're like, Oh, this is the next big deal. You'd be in just like you mentioned the NFC East. Let's, let's calm down. Pump the bricks. Exactly. The, the NFL, especially when you watch um, the media, they overreact to everything. It's ridiculous. Yeah. No, I'm, I agree with you too. And, and honestly, I'm very interested. To, I mean, the Rams and Cardinals are kind of battle it out. Because it's like, are the Cardinals for real too? You know, they're two and two. Had a couple tough losses this week. They weren't. I'm not impressed, man. To, to better competition. Be to better competition. I will say, obviously, but um, that God, that that division, especially, you know, when's Jimmy G coming back? And we're about to talk about the 49ers in, in a minute, but there's a lot of question marks around that division, except Seattle. Seattle, we know, like those guys are making the playoffs, and right now are 
them and the Packers are the cream of the crop in the NFC. Um, let's go to next game. Let, before we talk about 49ers, let's talk about the Bills. They're 4-0. The Buffalo Bills are 4-0. That means they are two games ahead of the Patriots right now with the Patriots losing tonight to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bills beat the Raiders in Las Vegas. They won 30 of the 23. Um, they won the turnover battle. And, and Jared, I know a couple, you know, I was, I was looking a little bit. No one's going super bullish yet from what I've seen. So I'm going to go bullish. I think the biggest threat to the Kansas City Chiefs winning the AFC is the Buffalo Bills. From what I have seen four weeks in, and I touched on it last week, I had Josh Allen as the fourth in the MVP race right now. I think based on what I've seen, I got to put him above Pat Mahomes right now. Third behind Rodgers and, and, and Russell Wilson right now. Like he has over 14 total touchdowns and only one interception. He is balling. He, looked, he has looked fantastic. He looked great again against the Raiders. Um, he threw for over 288 yards, two touchdowns. Their defense is still good. They're well coached. Josh Allen clearly has taken that next step, which was which – He's really, the real deal. He's, he's which the real was, deal. Yeah, that was the big question mark this year, right? It's like, okay – and we all saw that playoff game against the Texans where like the first half he looked awesome. And then the second half, he looked like Matt Saracen for Friday night lights out there. Just deer with deer with, you know, head cut off. Didn't know what he was doing, throwing just irate passes left and right in the double and triple coverage this year, pinpoint passes all over the place. Clearly the addition of Stefan Diggs has been huge for this offense. And right. they look amazing. Like I, I do think, that the Bills, I know it's four weeks in. I could be overreacting, but I believe they are the biggest threat based on the teams I've seen play to the Chiefs winning the AFC right now. It's funny because in my notes I wrote down, deep playoff threat this year's Ravens? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> What's so, best about this is like we never compare notes ever. Like we don't talk about what we're going to say before we get on the podcast. Right. And uh, – Trust me, I got all my documents locked on Google Drive, making sure your your eyes can't see them. So I, uh, you know, because I don't want you seeing my picks. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's I I I'm really impressed with the Bills, um, and I think we both called it. They're gonna win that um, division, and they, they Josh Allen looks really good. Diggs was a great addition to the team. I think Diggs is really flourishing um, being kind of one of the lone chosen number, chosen number one receiver, um, no longer having to battle it out with Thielen. So keep an eye out for the Bills, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We play them, I want to say in two weeks. Um, when I say we, I mean the Chiefs, because the Chiefs play the Raiders next. And then I believe it's Bills on Thursday Night Football, which is going to be – I mean, week six is awesome. FYI, Jared. I was, I was kind of preview looking. The Bucks play uh, the Packers too. I can't remember if that's a Sunday night or, or Monday night game, but that is, that's a great Thursday night game. We got the Bills Chiefs in week six, and we got the Bucks and Packers, which we really get to see, like, how good are these top-tier teams. It's going to be right. awesome. I can't right. wait. Um, 
But let's go to what was the last game on Sunday, Sunday night. I got to start with myself. I predicted it. I called it. I said the Eagles were going to win. I didn't. I obviously gave no data behind why they'd win. It was pure emotion. I was going down with the ship. And luckily, the ship is still afloat. We're still in the Atlantic Ocean right now. It's got a lot of holes in it. <laughs> it's, it's got a couple <laughs> holes, but we're starting to plug those holes up a little bit. Maybe. Just maybe. I don't want to get too carried away. You're like the Titanic. It's cracked in half, and one half already sank, and the other one's starting to go really – the end's going really high in the air right before it's about to just – plunge down well, to the bottom of the Atlantic. Luckily, we're getting all the people on the boat on the other side, so it doesn't do that. So don't worry. I've got this whole thing architect out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now, the Eagles won. It was awesome. They won 25-20. Um, the key things here, and it's, it's going to shock you, the Eagles finally won the turnover battle. Holy shit. What a Christmas miracle of a concept. Once did not turn the ball over two or more times, which he had been doing every damn week. He only threw, he only had one turnover. <laughs> Congratulations. You did your job by not having multiple. He looked a lot better. And guess what? He's still out there throwing the people who they just picked up from High V and Walmart and Target from the grocery stores to play wide receiver. Like, no Alshon Jeffrey again, just constantly not having his full team of wide receivers his starting wide receivers and another thing too you know we got to say it just like the the Chiefs won by beating the Patriots without Cam Newton the Eagles beat the San Francisco 49ers without Jimmy Grapple right so that let's add some context here that does matter not I only do, Jimmy G right well, a plethora yeah yes correct 11, but all those all 11 those, of the players that were in the Super Bowl are out right now Right, but most of those guys aren't even coming back, like, ever. Um, like, uh, they're getting the Solomon. He's one of the defensive players who's not coming back. Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa, out for the year. Like, so I get it. Like, true, but those guys are gone for the season. Whereas Jimmy G, like, he will be back within the next, like, week or two here. Well, yeah, actually nine of the injured players are coming back at some point. Oh, There's okay. only two that are out for the season, which you mentioned. Solomon they did have Kittle Bosa. this time. Which uh, Nick Mullins and then we had a good game. Yeah, he had uh, over like twelve catches, one hundred forty yards, and a touchdown. So they were utilizing him quite well. Um, but the the Forty ers blew it in the fourth. Um, it seemed like everything was going their way. I was watching this game on my smartphone while I was, um, you know, thirty five thousand feet in the air on a plane, um, and Carson Wentz throws the forty yard bomb in the fourth quarter that was a beer to put to put the eagles up you gotta go and cut it there that and was a beer i might have sworn or got on my seat <laughs> and yelled i <laughs> uh, well all those pa other passengers on that flight were probably like what the hell is that guy doing no 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 everyone was watching sunday night football right um and then after that the pick six and my heart just sank because i knew i was gonna have to do this with dan on monday and say fly eagles fly baby you're right i was wrong um but i will say i think he got a little lucky in the fourth hey i you know what they say it's better to be lucky than good and usually you want a little bit of both but here i'll t i'll take the luck i'm not gonna get carried away and think, you know, all of a sudden they're going to, you know, win a playoff game. 
but I, I do think they can still win this division. As we've discussed at length, this division is a trash bag lit on fire, uh, thrown into a dumpster. So it's, it's not a great division. Whoever wins this will probably come out with eight victories, nine at the max. I'd be shocked if anyone in this division got the nine wins. Um, and then they'll get a home playoff game and, to be honest, probably lose first round. Could you imagine going to playoffs with, like, seven wins and a well, losing record? The Is that Seahawks possible? did that. They did, <laughs> I can't remember the year. I'm blanking on the year, but it was recent. I want to say it was before they got Russell Wilson. So maybe like that 2010 to 2012 range, the Seahawks won the NFC West and the NFC West was trash. Like the 49ers were bad. The Cardinals were terrible. The Rams were bad. Um, and the Seahawks won at seven and nine and hosted the Saints that year and beat the Saints in Seattle. So, yeah, it has happened. Um, I definitely foresee it probably happening again. And it's going to be the Eagles because the Cowboys are a train wreck of a team. Want to know a quick uh, fun fact of the night? Yeah. Hit us. A little off topic, but after that Chiefs victory, they are the first team in NFL history. They played this a couple times uh, after they won. Um, but they're the first team in NFL history to start four straight seasons at 4-0 or better. So Woo. here we go. Mahomes, Andy Reid, just setting records after records. Got to love it. September Kings, man. Um. And then speaking of teams playing really well and about to go 4-0, the Packers are winning right now. It's about halfway through their third quarter. Rodgers is making that MVP case. Yep, Rodgers is is making that case. Um, He has thrown three touchdowns. He's 19 of 24 for 230 yards already. Oh, God. It's halftime. Yeah, uh, well, there's there's halfway through the third quarter. So you got about a, a quarter and a half left. Packers covering that seven and a half point spread right now. We he will just, uh, he just, I, I think I'm going to lose my fantasy game because of those stats he just read off. Um, I got Calvin Ridley left and he's got Aaron Rodgers. He's probably up by 20 points after that stat line. Yep. So, uh, big L for your boy this week. <laughs> That's all right. I, I'm losing too. So I feel you in that department now. Jerry, let's talk a little bit about our, our fantasy and then uh, review our bets. Betting did not go as well this week, but um, fantasy-wise, I think most people probably have these players, but in case you don't, I just wanted to mention them. Um, I know for a fact because our, our buddy and friend Welch was talking shit to you because you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Um, our buddy has Kareem Hunt. So if, if, he, is not, if he is available in your leagues – and you have the number one waiver wire, you should be picking them up because according, up. according to Schefter, Nick Chubb is out, I want to say, six to eight weeks projected right now. Um, and that rushing attack is not going to stop just because Chubb is out. So pick up Hunt if he's available. Also another ad if he's available. He's kind of the Wes Welker um, of the Buccaneers when Wes Welker was with the Patriots. And he's Edelman, Welker, you know, those – Lunch pail guys, right? Intermediate routes. Scotty Miller, I'd, I'd pick him up. He gets targeted at least eight to nine, ten, eight to nine times a game. Um, so especially in PPR leagues, he's super valuable. He'll get you around seven to eight catches um, and, you know, somewhere between 70 to 80 yards and maybe a touchdown here or there. 
And then lastly, Eckler, Jared was injured in that game, the Chargers running back. And he is projected to be out quite a long time. Um, early reports are somewhere between six to 10 weeks. The Chargers have said that Joshua Kelly is going to be the starter. Um, I don't know if that's going to hold because I saw him and the other guy, Justin Jackson, play. They both look terrible. <laughs> um, so obviously the Chargers are saying it will be Josh Kelly. So you can only go off what the Chargers and Adam Schefter are telling you. But I would not waste a like number one priority on him because you truly don't know how good he is. And I was not impressed uh, by him against the Buccaneers defense. Yeah, that's a little questionable. You say you mentioned his name. I guess because I picked him up actually the week before. I already knew Eckler was going to be out. Uh, this is just in another league I'm in, and he had nine attempts for seven yards. Yeah. Yep. Not good. And then I think the other guy, though, to be fair, Jared, uh, I want to say Justin Jackson, the third string guy, had like seven carries for nine yards. So it's not like he, you know, <laughs> lit up the scoreboard either. Right, but Kelly did have a good game against the Chiefs, and that's kind of why I uh, snatched him up in that league was I, I saw him uh, perform pretty well. So I don't know what happened last week. Um, I guess the um, – was it the Bucks? Yeah, they, they played the Bucks this week. The Bucks front line on defense just stopped them or, you know, they did not allow them to run the ball. Yeah, but that's uh, fancy-wise who you should be kind of looking have your eyes peeled out if they're available to pick up. Now, Jared, you are undefeated in Survivor League. Correct. Yeah, the Ravens, move on right? again. You move on again. Um, I also picked – I was correct in my prediction. If you followed me as well, the Rams uh, squeaked out that one against the Giants. Um, now, for teams I've used and, – and I'm doing this by memory, but I want to say I used Bills Week 1. I think we both did. Um, I used the Eagles and then obviously the Rams I'm blanking on, on the other team I use that is no longer available for me. I had the Cardinals instead of the, uh, on week two. That was your week two. And then you had Bill's week one with me cause we matched week one. Right. And then who'd you just have week three? Do you remember? Uh, no worries. Yeah, who... I, I, I just I just figured top of mind. Yeah, no. <laughs> trust. To, next time I'll come prepared. And I'll yeah, make all those. No, out. you're good. Uh, but yeah, so right now, you know, if you followed both our picks in Survivor League, you were a winner. Um, Jared, I can't remember your lock of the week. Mine barely lost by half a point. Um, you could have pushed because I did see the line go down to seven. If you bet it game day, we obviously do these predictions um, Wednesday evening, and we hold ourselves accountable to those spread picks so uh technically i was wrong because the bucks did not win by seven and a half they only won by seven um and then my parlay was also an l for the week i had the chiefs money line packers money line bucks ravens rams all money line all those have hit the packers look like they're about to hit because aaron Rodgers just threw for his fourth touchdown pass um just for kicks and giggles but then unfortunately the game that missed for me was i had the raiders plus three um and they they lost by a touchdown jared how'd your lock and in, in parlay do so my lock of the week was steelers minus one and a half they haven't played oh, yep tbd so, yeah that one's still alive 
Um, and then my parlay of the week was the Baltimore Ravens, my uh, minus 13. Arizona Cardinals, which that lost the 40. Oh, this is ugly. <laughs> I, I think I only hit one of the four. Sorry. Sorry, folks. Uh, 49ers minus seven. Obviously, they lost that game. <laughs> and here's the, here's the best one. Cowboys minus four and a half. <laughs> Yowzers. Yowzers. So, that's a rough one. <sighs> yeah. The, uh, the parlays, in, and that's why, you know, parlays are so tough in the NFL. Um, I might try to conjure up a uh, sweetheart tease next week or something a little more in, uh, interesting. That yeah. Could... By the way, speaking of the sweetheart teaser, for those that remember, we had a celebrity guest, Brian Bergman, friend friend of the show, come on and and give what was almost a fantastic winner. We had the Jets Thursday night. It hit. We had um, we had the Ravens basically money line. I think it was maybe half a point. They hit. We had the Colts getting plus ten. Easy snoozer. They won the game by like nine points. But of course, lo and behold, what what screwed America? The freaking Cowboys. We had them at plus eight and a half. Jared, myself, and Brad, we're texting each other. They score that touchdown to be down three points. You know, they're going to ki- they kick the ball to the Browns. The Browns are just going to run the ball three times, punt it back. We don't even care what happens the next time down. We just want the, the game to end there, basically. And no, they can't tackle OBJ 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage. And then he freaking runs for a touchdown. And then, all right, we're like, okay, Dak's the comeback king, right? He's the trash. He scores points in trash time. We're getting the ball back, baby. Positive vibes. But no, Dak cuts our hearts out, stabs them with multiple knives, and throws a pick at the seven-yard line to screw us at plus eight and a half to win the four-team sweetheart teaser. So I'd like to say on behalf of the peanut gallery, Dak Prescott, fuck you. Brutal. (laughs) Uh, Yes, that was so hard to watch. And uh, you know what? We're just going to clean slate, fresh start, and uh, next week we'll win one, right? Exactly. We're going to, you know, we're, we're going to wash our hands of it. Washing our hands. It's over. That week's in the past. We're focusing on the future. That just and, delayed me becoming a Cowboys fan by like five years. Oh, what, honestly, I, that would delay me by 10. That was, that was unbelievable. <laughs> I, I've never been more upset. Like I was rooting for the Cowboys, which I never do. And I was rooting in the, I fully understand now what it's like to be a Cowboys fan and the frustration levels that team has to go through. And I, I have a newfound empathy for that fan base. It's an emotional roller coaster that never ends well. So no. But yep, be on the lookout. We'll be coming at you recording next week's episode this coming week's episode. It comes out Thursday morning, Wednesday night. We will have our new Survivor League picks, our locks of the week, our parlays, our teasers. It is going to be fantastic. Jared, I believe in us. We're going to come back. We're going to win some money next weekend. And make that bread. Exactly. Let's go. Now, once again, everyone, thanks for stopping by. And we'll see you Thursday morning. Amen.